This is the OT Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Brian Andrew. I'm here with my favorite IDP, Stephen Galindo. Training camp has started. How do you feel, my friend? Oh, man. That means football is back officially. Um, so I'm very excited. Uh, we've already seen um, some drama around the league with contracts, and they're just going to continue to uh, roll through. So, um, you know, I'm excited. We're here again for another episode to bring you guys uh, the uh, NFC South today. <laughs> I don't know uh, not, why. It's just, yeah. It, the slogan <laughs> for this division is, well, somebody has to win, right? Somebody has to win a division. Uh, before we get started, if you had to pick one team who's favorited to win this division, who is it? I'm going to say the Panthers. With a rookie quarterback? With a rookie quarterback, yeah. Oh, I think it's going to be the Panthers, the Falcons, the Saints, and then the Bucks. Okay. If I had to put my money on it right now, I'd probably say the Falcons. Yeah, it's a toss-up for me yeah. you know, between the Panthers and the Falcons, but I like to spice things up a little bit, you know? The Saints might have the most complete offense in the division, but we'll get into that when we get to them, I guess. But, um, yeah, you want to start off with the Falcons then? Yeah, let's do it, the Dirty Birds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there's 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 a lot of optimism here. Is what I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll start off with the quarterback, Desmond Ritter. Is it Ritter or Ryder? I always heard it as Ritter. Okay, because yeah, Ritter, perfect. Mm-hmm. So you know, Desmond Ritter, he's a second year uh, player. This is his first year starting. I think he started the last couple of weeks of uh, last season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and he looked pretty but, good. Um, I mean, small sample size. He's got, uh, obviously, the mobility. Um, he was actually compared to Marcus Mariota, you know, during the draft, I believe. So um, hopefully he can air the ball out a little more than the flying Hawaiian. <laughs> but uh, as far as uh, drafting him in, like, redraft for, you know, 12-team, 14-team leagues, um, I would probably avoid him. Um, yeah. He's more of a last couple rounds you need a second QB for the bye week or in case your QB, you know, gets hurt. He's not somebody I'm looking towards, but I actually have faith for him to provide the skills needed for these other guys we're going to talk about. Absolutely. Like, I feel like the theme of this division too, and I think Desmond Ritter is an example of this, is there's a lot of rookies and a lot of uh, second-year players with small sample sizes to evaluate and and – a lot of it is going to determine like how good some of these players are. And Desmond Ritter, we both agree, I would say, that he's a capable quarterback to make the other weapons on the offense good. He himself might not be worth drafting, but he, I think, will certainly help these other players. So do you want to you jump in? Well, I say wide receivers first. I know we usually go running backs, but let's go wide receiver. So, because I think everybody's asking this question right now, Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. Where, Absolutely. where, where does Kyle Pitts land? I know I just totally skipped over the receivers. Oh, he's technically like the second best receiver on the team. So, yeah. But he is he is the wide receiver number two technically, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess uh, 
philosophically. I don't know. <laughs> trying to use <laughs> a big word. We're disrespecting <laughs> Matt Collins right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, he's a Raider though, so I, I, I don't, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not mad about it. But Kyle Pitts lands as tight end uh, five or four. I'm sorry, four. I believe it was five. No, five, yeah. He lands as tight end five on the ADP chart. Um, I think he's going to have that year finally where he uh, lives up to the hype. I know in a previous episode we talked about the three um, rookie tight ends who finished the season in the top uh, ten of tight ends, and he was one of them, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. But uh, Kyle Pitts, I uh, do believe that he will – uh, bounce back this season is he going to be in the top five i still don't see that being a strong possibility i think he's going to be somewhere in between the, the six to ten range but if you are punting at the position or you're just holding off i think he's a very um, good pick in the in the mid rounds there yeah like right now his adp is uh around 68 69 he um I would say is what that's a mid to late six round pick. If it was the six round, because like looking at the other tight ends around him, right? Kelsey's going to be off the board. Andrews is going to be off the board. Hawkinson's going to be off the board. And then it's, it's between Kittle, Pitts, Dallas Goder, and down and Darren Waller. Those are going to, that's the next tier of tight end. I would pick Kyle Pitts over those other tight ends on the flip side though. I feel like I'd also see Kyle Pitts available and be like, I don't know if I want to get burned like that again. I'm probably just going to pick somebody else. And then I'm going to be stuck with a tight end 10, 11, 12, maybe trapped in a rookie tight end because of it. But yeah, like you might have more faith in Kyle Pitts than I do, but this might be the first year that Kyle Pitts has a decent, offense i don't know he did he played with matt ryan correct yes i think his his rookie season would you say matt ryan is more reliable than and that might have been why he was in the top uh you know the top 10 (laughs) right so i don't know like i would pick pitts over kittle i'd uh you know i'll take pitts over waller ingram and all that but i still don't know i don't know i think i'd take another skill player over taking kyle pitts and we're not saying that Kittle doesn't have the skill set, but the quarterback situation in San Francisco is a little murky. Um, Waller, same thing, you know, the quarterback situation there with uh, Daniel Jones. I mean, we talked about Daniel Jones in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I believe Waller has high upside. But as far as, you know, Kyle Pitts goes, I think, yeah, I think uh, Ritter is going to be talented enough to get him the ball. And now that they have uh, Bijan Robinson, the rookie, um, you know they're going to obviously utilize him in the passing game because he is a pretty talented uh, catching, receiving running back. So I mean, I think the offense overall is getting a boost. Um, they have a great offensive line. Um, I'm a little iffy about their coach and his play calling style, but I mean, we'll see. I mean, as far as you know, the 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 way they ended last season and the way they're, you know, coming into this season, I think the only, the only way to go is up or forward. Right. So. Right. Like, like Drake London is his ADP is around 40. He was a wide receiver, uh, 38 last year. I, 
I don't think it's uh, irresponsible of you to pick him in the third round. I don't think like I don't think that's considered a reach by any means. Like I would, I would do it. So he and I think he might end up being better than that. But I could see like you might think that the offense is a little too shaky to be picking him maybe as your wide receiver one. But um, outside of that, like yeah, I think the the biggest talking point would be Robinson. And uh, which running backs you'd pick over him in the in the first round? I mean, Robinson right now is going as the number uh, ten pick. So, um, I mean, he's late first round. I mean, like we mentioned earlier or in the earlier episode, it all really depends on your style, right? It's all about the style of the drafter of the of the manager. You and I personally love running backs. Yeah. So, I mean, if he's falling to me at 8, 9, 10, I'm taking him. I'm taking Abs- him. Absolutely. Am I taking him over Nick Chubb? I think I can make the case that, yeah, I'm willing to put it all on <laughs> Bijan Robinson. Uh, you know, I'll take that bet. Uh, we talked about Jonathan Taylor. Do I think I would take him over Taylor? Yeah, we said, yeah, we would. Yeah. I would definitely. Uh, are we taking him over Saquon Barkley? I think I am. I think yeah. he has enough upside. Uh, the Falcons were the number one rushing offense uh, last season. So, I mean, he's, he's got a good offensive line. Like I said, if the quarterback play is halfway above what it was last year, uh, they're going to have to respect the pass. I think that was a, a, a big thing. So, you know, when the DBs have to respect the pass, they don't stack the box. I mean, they were already a good run offense. I mean, Bijan, I think, is going to break out. He's going to be a top five running back by the end of the year. If not, the the leading rushing running back or rushing yards at the end of the season. Uh, you think he's going to lead the league in rushing yards? Or I do. Just, I think I, he's going to – I'm going to say, like, if I'm speaking conservative, conservatively, mm-hmm. he's going to be in the top three. I One thing he has going for him is – I know NFL coaches, when they get a rookie running back, they like to run him into the ground. <laughs> so I, I I could see your argument on that one. He is currently, according to uh, Underdog, he is uh, uh, between uh, picks 9 and 10, roughly, closer to 10. And uh, he's, only, he's, a thir- he's a third-ranked running back behind Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey. And yeah, I'd probably pick those two over him. I I I, I might take Bijan Robinson over Eckler, to be honest with you. I I would I would consider it. Um, I I don't know if I would lose sleep over like trying to figure out which one I would pick, but training camp's gonna play out. You know, like we're we're gonna see training camp play out. We're gonna see some preseason games. If for whatever reason it looks like uh, the game is a little too big for Robinson, maybe it's like all right, now we know like Chubb and Taylor and these players are players we should pick above them, right? But if uh, he's he's killing it in training camp, he looks good in training camp. He looks good in the preseason. I I think I would take a flyer on him. The, the, I'll take a flyer on him before I take a flyer on some of these players that you know. Running backs do regress. We've seen a lot of these running backs be in their prime already. I would maybe take a flyer on a rookie running back here. Um, the only one that I could see here that doesn't have as much mileage would be like Tony Pollard, maybe Jonathan Taylor. 
stuff like that. But yeah, just just a quick thought. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that statement. And honestly, if you're feeling froggy, you can take them in the middle, you know, the mid first round. You know, you can take them over, you know, somebody like A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs, uh, Travis Kelsey. I mean, I, I wouldn't look at you as crazy if you were to do that. Well, like, look, and I know, like, there's going to be a person in your fantasy league who's going to feel like he's smarter than everyone else, and he's going to probably pick him, a, like, a couple picks higher than most people would. So, um, I, I'm i trying to look, like, real quick. Would you take him over Cooper Cup? No. Would you take him over Tyreek Hill? No. Travis Kelsey? Uh, I'd have to make that decision in the moment. So I'm like, yeah. I'm like 50-50 yes and no because, um, you know, you could get Travis Kelsey and then, you know, on the turn get Patrick Mahomes and pair him up, you know, and have that, you know, ultimate firepower. So it really depends on, on what your total draft strategy is. Real quick, I don't want to go on a tangent or uh, get off topic, but in your experience, has pairing up, has pairing up ever worked out in your favor? Yes. Okay. I just wanted to yes, it has. Okay. Um, Especially when when you have, uh, you know, a elite quarterback, and then you have their number one option, like or, you know, they're throwing a touchdown pass every game, or they're throwing, you know, sixty, seventy plus yards a game. You know, like th- those um, those points add up. Especially when you have top three, uh, the top three players in their positions, and you match them up together, right? So yeah. Oh yeah. Um. All right. Would you take him over Stefan Diggs? Yeah, I would. AJ Brown. I would. So, based on this, you would probably, if you had the sixth or seventh pick in the draft, and Travis Kelsey was on the board, you would have to think about it. But if, if Travis Kelsey was already off the board, you would probably pick Robinson. I would. Yeah. Yeah, I'm probably with you on that one. But me and you, like I said, we like our running backs. I'm sure some of these people would rather take, like you know, maybe a CD Lamb or. Garrett Wilson, you never know. But, yeah, and you're, um, you're going to just have to assess your league. And, um, you know, if you've been in the league for a while, you know, then you should know what your your league mates, how they like to draft. Um, it's funny, but I think uh, fantasy football also as a mind game, especially come draft day. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when you throw a wild pick out there and it throws everybody else off. Um, right. Obviously, when I say wild, I don't mean you're taking like – a, a you know mid to late round guy you know in the fourth round i'm talking about like you know guys within the same adp and you know you take like taking a you know if you were to take like we discussed uh jalen hurts at the end of the first round i think that would throw a lot of people off in the moment because somebody's probably like oh i was gonna get him in the second mm-hmm. so now they have to revise their pick and so it kind of you know messes up the status quo so i, I don't know it's something like, to think about the I'm, this just popped in my head too. Like, if you have back-to-back picks, or you have close to back-to-back picks, like you're the 11th pick or the 12th pick in your draft, like getting Jalen Hurts on the on the on the next pick is not a bad idea. You know, like you you get your 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 ace in the hole, uh, skill player, and then you got Jalen Hurts again. Like, or you know, right now, just by looking at this. Getting Robinson and then being able to get C.D. Lamb, Garrett Wilson, Amonse Brown, or you know Jalen Waddle, Tony Pollard, any of these guys in the second round would be a really good one-two punch if you picked him with Robinson. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, you're most likely going to bypass those top three quarterbacks, but I mean, you still have a shot at Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. um, you know, Dak Prescott, J or not Jalen Hurts. I'm sorry because he would be off the board. Lamar Jackson, you know, you still have a, a shot at those guys, so you're not doomed. You know, if you, if you, if, take, if you go that route. If you take Robinson, are you getting Alagier uh, uh, later in the draft to handcuff him? You should. I would say you should. You should have that um, handcuff because, you know, Algier held his own last year. Mm-hmm. So uh, if anything happened to Bijan, I think, you know, he's he's up in that wide receiver – or I'm sorry, running back one conversation. Low-end RB1, but still running back one. Yeah, not to disrespect Scott, Smil- not to disrespect Scott Miller, but uh, I think we can move on to the Saints. Like, <laughs> think that yeah. there's no one else on this uh, Falcons team we should talk about. Yeah. Uh, Matt Collins, is that what you? Are you uh, talking Mac, Mac? Matt Collins and then Scott Miller. Those are the two next <laughs> wide receivers. We already disrespected Matt Collins earlier. I thought Scott Miller You're decided this. <laughs> uh, what know about? What? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. Though. We just did the Giants episode. I would take Matt Collins and Scott Miller over any of the Giants receivers right now. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. When when their receivers only put up you know ninety points a year, um, that's a stat we need to look up. How how many points did Matt Collins have alone Matt last Collins season last year? I could probably find that. We need to get it. We need to get our intern on it. <laughs> uh, Chat GDP. <laughs> yeah. But uh, moving over to the Saints, while you look that up, moving over to the Saints, I mean. Are are they they're gonna they're either gonna reward you or they're gonna mm-hmm. let you down, right? Who dat? Who dat nation? I'm hoping <laughs> that you guys live up to the name, but um, obviously you've had some poor quarterback play over the last couple of years. You guys get Derek Carr, and look, I know Derek Carr was a Raider, and um, I'm not fond of the Raiders, but Derek Carr I think is gonna be a decent middle of the pack quarterback this year. You know, if you do punt on quarterback and you're you're falling down there in the eight, the seven, eight, nine round without a quarterback, and Derek Carr's on, Derek Carr is on the board, I'm I'm still feeling kind of confident. You know, the yeah. Saints offense they have weapons. You know, it's it's going to be an improvement over last year. So, I mean, who who's who ran quarterback most of the year last year? Was it James Winston? I, I, I want to say it was James it was a, Winston. And then it was a uh, combination T- of uh, T- Taysom Hill got in the mix a little bit. And Andy Dalton, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, those mixture of quarterbacks, like, and, and you still had guys like Olave, you know, put up numbers. And uh, I think Kamara struggled a little bit, but obviously he was dealing with some personal stuff. Uh, outside of football, and then Michael Thomas was uh, still hurt from like 2017. So <laughs> this year, I think they find they find their groove. If you've ever seen the movie How Stella Got Her Groove Back, <laughs> I think the New Orleans Saints are going to be Stella this year, and they're okay. going to get their groove back. Alvin Kamara hit with a three-game suspension to start the season. Does his ADP fall, or do you think this is good for him? to be drafted earlier in your draft? Uh, his ADP certainly drops. Uh, I, w- I would make the argument that he's not... 
He didn't have the most stellar year last year. He did have like a 42-point game at one point. Uh, but he only reached above 20 points once. He had some games flirting around 17, 19. But he had a couple uh, single-digit games last year. And I do feel like where he was drafted last year, it was really disappointing. I Before the suspension, he was around, what, a third or fourth round pick? Yeah. Now he's predicted to be what, a seventh to eighth, ninth round pick? Yeah, early seventh round. So that's a good place to get him. I think he's going sooner than that, though. I think someone's going to be like, ah, I can wait the three games. I'm going to go off, you know, the good training camp news. I'm going to go off the fact that he is one of the best running backs and he's still one of the best pass catching running backs. And he has, would you consider a better quarterback than he's had in the past a year or so? This is probably the best quarterback he's had since Drew Brees. So I could see the upside, especially if you are not in love with your RB2. I would say, yeah, it's a good value. He's probably, in my opinion, going in the fifth or so round. I think some people are going to be nervous enough about the three games. Three games is nothing. Once you get to week four, it's nothing, right? It's it's like week four is going to come up really fast. It's, so, it's but, but it's enough on top of the fact that I still have tiny doubts about him. If you're able to pick him up late sixth round, you know, seventh round, I think that's a steal because he has potential to be, you know, a running, a solid running back one. And I know training camp hype is just that hype, but reports are coming out that he's looking a lot more agile. I guess he did some special, you know, workouts during the off season to kind of fix some symmetry in his legs um, so he's looking a little more shiftier. I mean, I think this New Orleans Saints offense has a handful of weapons. And, you know, with the addition of Derek Carr, I'm not saying they're, you know, the Buffalo Bills or the Cincinnati Bengals, the Kansas City Chiefs, but I think they are a pretty good or a better offense that will produce more fantasy relevance this year than they have in the past couple of years. So I think Kamara could be a steal, but mm. at the same time, he could also be a dud. So it's really, you know, it's really risky, you know, but if you want to win, you can't risk it unless you take the biscuit. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm all in on Kamara. If I can grab him in the seventh, would you grab him in the fifth? I wouldn't reach in the fifth to, to get him. I think there's still other value at either, um, you know, wide receiver. Um, you might need to get a quarterback by then because I feel like quarterbacks are going to come off the board really fast this year. You know, yeah. you're going to have that that domino effect of when somebody takes Patrick Mahomes. I don't think it's going to be the first three quarterbacks. So Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, those guys are going to go second, third round. Mm-hmm. But it's when the next person starts taking a quarterback when they take the Lamar Jackson, when they take the Joe Burrow, that's going to start, you know, the domino effect. And you might have to, you know, just to keep yourself relevant, you might need to snag a quarterback early. Yeah. Cause like, okay, let's just say you go a couple wide receivers, you go tight end, you go to quarterback, you still haven't taken your running back yet. I still wouldn't want him to be my RB one, but like, he's not a bad upside in terms of RB two. Mm-hmm. But like he had seven games last year with single digit points. 
That's a lot well, for where he was valued last year. Now, yeah, last year he was a dud. But in the seventh round, RB two or flex option, you'll take a, a a running back who has the upside of scoring forty two points in a game, and even though half of them might be single digits, right? So where he's currently at, I think is perfect. I, I sixth seventh round. If he if he falls to the eighth, and you feel like you're confident in your team, but you want you want to take the flyer on Kamara like go for it yeah I mean and then you know this I think you know Jamal Williams is being drafted in the middle of the 10th you know beginning of the 11th round I think that's a steal for him he gets three games Mm -hmm. you know the first three games to himself I mean other than the rookie Kendra Miller there's really nobody else there although Kareem Hunt did have a workout earlier um, Monday morning so he has the possibility of signing there. And we all know the Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've already kind of went over that. So, uh, yeah, if Kareem Hunt gets signed, the, the Kendra Miller uh, believers, that's going to be a, <laughs> that's going to be a hit to them, right? Like it's because he has these three games with Jamal Williams to kind of show like what he's got as a rookie to see if like, if it's especially for dynasty owners, but if Kareem Hunt signs, it, it's uh, it's not looking good. And it could just be depth. I mean, you know, they lost Eno Benjamin mm-hmm. to an Achilles injury yeah. for the season, so it could just be depth. Um, but again, I mean, Kareem Hunt is pretty good. I know yeah. he didn't have a great season last year, but I don't think he's washed. So that's just something to look out for. And it's and it's interesting too because look at who's backing him up is Jamal Williams, and Jamal Williams led the NFL in touchdowns last year. But we got to say that with an asterisk next to it, because a majority of his touchdowns were within the five yard line. You know what? So Steven, Steven, Steven. sure, but it's still <laughs> a stat, <laughs> and. If Alvin Kamara is suspended at all or whatever, I think the offense will still run smoothly with Jamal and maybe uh, Kenendry Kendri- uh, Kendri- Kendri- Miller. Kendry, I believe Miller. Kendri- yeah, Kendri- Miller. All right, edit, edit, <laughs> uh, edit my uh, stutter. <laughs> that's going. That's going uh, in the blooper reel. Um. So yeah, you know, I do think they're deep. The the wide receiver room is good. It depends on how Mike Thomas is incorporated in it. I think uh, Derek Carr is gets a lot of crap. I do think he's an NFL starter in this league. Is he the best NFL quarterback in the league? Not by any means, but he's fine. Uh, he's a really good bye week quarterback to have. And like you said, if you punt on the position and he's your QB one, uh, you you I don't think you'll be the worst team in the league. I just we'll see. He's he not going to give you. Go ahead. I was just going to say he he's not on a bad offense by any means. Yeah, no, totally agree. He's not going to give you twenty two plus points a game. At least that's my prediction right now. He could go in there and blow us away. You know, he has the possibility of being a top ten quarterback. Certainly. And, and he and he uh like to to put this in perspective too, it's the Saints brought him in 
if you look at his contract, they brought him in to be the guy. They didn't bring him in to, for him to be fighting for his career. They brought him in to be the guy. So if he at least proves that he could be a winning quarterback on the team, I, I think it's fine. Like, I don't think he's worried about his job. Like, yeah, they drafted Jake Hayner, but that's a dynasty pick, stuff like that. We're not concerned about that. Totally agree. And, you know, he's got a little more talent, I would say, on the Saints. Obviously, um, Devontae Adams was, you know, he, he's a one in, you know, one in a million talent. But I think here in New Orleans, overall, he has more talent, you know. It, it so, felt, I feel like in Vegas, he had a lot of weapons, but the talent dipped after the weapons. I think here at the with the Saints, like, like, like for example, if Kamara's suspended, you still have Jamal Williams. If Mike Thomas can't go, you still have Olave and like uh, Rashid Shahid, Speed Rashid, uh, Speed Shahid, right? So like, um, and so you have a decent tight end club. You have Taysom Hill. Like the 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 team is, I think, deeper than the than Vegas ever was. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. So, um, you know, speaking of Olave, he is coming in at ADP eighteen. So somewhere in that second, late to sec, uh, late second, uh, early third round, um, he was a surprise last year. Obviously, we were expecting you know Michael Thomas to come back from that injury and mm-hmm. you know be Michael Thomas, but I think that was just uh, a little too high hopes for us. But I think this year Michael Thomas does come back and um, he's going to have I think a pretty decent season. I think that combo of Olave and Thomas is going to be pretty solid. You know you can't go wrong. I think Olave is going to get his points. Michael Thomas is going to get his. Uh, right now, Michael Thomas is wide receiver 48. So, I mean, yep. he's still a decent pick. I know uh, we talked about receivers and the one-two punch. Okay. Um, real quick, though, you said Olave and uh, Thomas would be uh, a really good uh, duo. Uh, can you, But I think I can name a better duo than those two, and that's Michael Thomas and being questionable for six straight weeks and not playing. <laughs> definitely um <laughs> michael thomas and that questionable tag you know um uh, uh let me ask you um oh yeah real quick though like i know like i'm looking at the names above olave that and why he's 18 but i was just thinking about it right now i'm surprised he's not ranked higher i'm surprised like being a uh, being that he had a quality rookie year I feel like more people would be jumping on the opportunity to get him sooner. Like according to this, he's a late think, second round pick. I think he's pretty spot on where he's at. You, you think so? Like think I, about guess, it. I think the other think I, about I, it. keep in mind before I say the players above him make sense. That why he's not above them. I'm just surprised why he's not. Like it's weird because think about this. Players that are above him. I'm just gonna name some names here. Amon's Raw St. Brown. Definitely pick him over Olave. Jalen Waddle. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Waddle over Olave. I'm, I'm surprised Waddle's not higher. Garrett Wilson. Taking Garrett Wilson over Olave. CD Lamb. I'm taking Lamb over Olave. Now, here are the couple of receivers after him Devonta Smith. I would take Olave over him. Yeah. T Higgins. I'm taking Olave over him. DK Metcalf. And with DK Metcalf, I if he had a better quarterback, no disrespect to Geno Smith, because the haters kept uh, calling, but he didn't answer. 
if he had better quarterback play, I think DK Metcalf would be way higher than where he is right now at his ADP of 28. Would but, you, I was going to ask, would you take Olave over Matt Collins? Matt Collins? Yeah. No, he said, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> any day of the week. <laughs> and three times on Sunday. Yeah, definitely. You know? So I think Chris Olave is kind of like in that, in, in between like uh, that first, you know, set of uh, wide receivers in the, one to 12 first round range, but he's better than the ones that you find at the end of the second start of the third. So, um, you know, he, he, you can't go wrong if you take him, you know, at the start of the the second there, mid to to first, um, of the second, mid to the front of the second round. I would take Jalen Waddle over Tyreek Hill. Waddle over Hill. Really? I would. That's, that's pretty hot. That's pretty spicy. You think so? Um, yeah. Cause Hill was what uh, he was the wide receiver. Let's see what he was last year. He was wide receiver two, and Waddle was eight. So wide receiver two compared to wide receiver eight. Um, Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Hill's Tyreek Hill. I mean, he's a right. former chief. He's he's. Uh, I think he's gonna go. In the top three again this year. Well, being that this is a Matt Collins themed episode, I looked it up. He had 97 points last season. So he had <laughs> more points than the number one wide receiver for the Giants. I think so. Like maybe the Giants, I'm not looking at it. Maybe the Giants wide receiver maybe got a little bit over 97. I don't think so. I think it was 96 or something. Yeah, was, they were only at like 94. He was wide receiver 46 last year. Man. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we move on from the Saints, Jimmy Graham, does he make the team uh, at the end of training camp? He recently signed with the team. No. I think he's going to retire a Saint. Uh, so you can't, he's going to come into training camp, do his thing, maybe play a preseason game, and then do a bow. Thank you, New Orleans. I'm out. Yeah, or this is his, like, his last season and he's just going to kind of coast through it, get paid and then retire at the end of the year as a saint. I, I love that. I, I like that. He's going to take a, a roster spot from a young guy who's just trying to get into the league so he could have his uh, farewell tour when he didn't even play last season. That's wonderful. Yeah. J- Jimmy Graham hasn't been relevant in fantasy in like six years. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm just being a hundred percent honest. Great guy, probably. I don't know his personality, but um, I think his last relevant season was 2013, 2014. Yeah. He, who knows? He could be cut by the time this drops. So uh, let's, yeah, move so on. Let's, let's move on to the Bucks. <laughs> we've spent enough yeah, capital on him right now. So. But uh, actually, before we move on to the Bucks, just to throw it out there, Jawan Johnson. I know you're, is, I, I know you like him. I like Jawan Johnson. He was a touchdown machine last year, and I think he's going to continue that. Uh, word from training camp or from the OTAs was that him and Derek Carr were finding a connection, and so I think he's somebody to look out for. Obviously, you still have Taysom Hill, but he's like a you know utility gadget player. Mm-hmm. You're just going to kind of put him everywhere, and I think they're going to do less of that this year because you know with Derek Carr, they don't need him to do all these weird random things. So Jawan Johnson, if you're punting on the tight end, he's a later round pick. Uh, His ADP right now 
He's a hundred and seventy-five. I don't know what that equals. <laughs> what that, what that's gonna be. Keep it in the pod. I don't. I don't want you editing that out. I even want what you just dropped right now in the pod. <laughs> I know. That's me trying to get my phone to use the calculator to see what one seventy-five divided by twelve is. But one seventy-five. He's a value. He's gonna put up, I think, decent numbers. So he's someone to keep an eye out on. But uh, let's move on to our favorite. Uh, our favorite uh, team here that's Dude, in the... We both just do not like the Bucks in terms of fantasy. <laughs> like, even when Tom Brady was that guy there, we were still like, eh. I, I just, yeah, I don't know why I'm not a fan of the Bucks, And I didn't, even, I didn't like the Bucks before they beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, before they kicked our ass in the Super Bowl. Um I just I don't think they they really have any fantasy. <sighs> Look, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, yeah, they're gonna put up their numbers, but they, they might like maybe one more than the other. But I don't think either. I don't. I don't think either one is gonna be consistently every week putting up their numbers. Like I think like one week it's Evans, one week it's Godwin. They're both picked within about ten picks of each other. So they both they both finished the season in the top twenty last year. But uh ADP wise, yeah, they're both picked pretty close to each other with Godwin coming a little ahead of uh Mike Evans. Godwin at fifty seven and uh Mike Evans at sixty eight. So they're kind of in the same range. The thing with them is consistency is what my my beef with them is. You know, you're looking for consistency every week. You don't want, sure, Mike Evans blows up, you know, for a couple games, but you don't know when he's going to blow up. Yeah, this, the ceiling's really good, but the floor always bothered me. Yeah, you know, hey. so personally I'm avoiding him, as I mentioned in a previous episode. But, I mean, you know, you can't go wrong if they're there in the fourth, the fifth round. And you, you know, you want to take them. You know, there's no shame in that. If you got your quarterback, tight end, running backs in the first few rounds and you needed somebody, why not? Right. I I don't think there's any issue with that. So if I had Chris Godwin or Mike Evans as my wide receiver, you know, two or flex, I think I'm I'm in a solid position. Yeah. I I think I'd rather have Godwin over Evans personally, but. I, I don't even know. Like we're we're gonna do a draft together at some point. You're gonna see Evans on my team. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be there when it when it comes down to it, and the smoke has settled, and you're up in round five, and Mike Evans is right there in your face. You're gonna skip over him, and you're gonna take a rookie. I don't take Jordan <laughs> Addison. Take a, <laughs> yeah. <take> Jordan Addison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, I there's always but, there's always a USC player that I'll totally destroy my draft over getting. <laughs> it's yeah, it just runs in your blood, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a so I, around around the same ADP, um, about fourteen uh, uh, ADP picks, ADP picks, <laughs> uh, fourteen picks or so below him is uh, or after him is Richard uh, Rashid White. I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> the running back for Tampa Bay. Oh, Rash- oh okay, yeah, Rashad White. Okay, 
Now you, yeah, yeah I'm gonna cut that out because that, that sounds bad. But <laughs> yeah, I'm having a hard time with names today for some reason. All right, yeah, Rashad White. Uh, I'm not feeling Rashad White either. Um, you know, I don't, I just think they're they're mediocre. Not I don't want to say mediocre. They're a middle of the pack offense. You know, they have Baker Mayfield at quarterback. Haven't seen Baker Mayfield be good. I mean, yeah, sure, he had a nice little run at the end last year with the Rams, but. I mean, at that point, he was just fighting for his next contract or his next team. So, As a Rams fan, it was fun to watch, but it's not like he went out there and was the most stellar quarterback in the league either. He just happened to win some games that were meaningless at the end of the year. So I am not sold on this team whatsoever. I actually wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get the starting job at the end of training camp and Kyle Trask gets it. (laughs) But... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised by it, but if I had put, if I was a betting person, I would say Baker is going to get the job, and you wouldn't come anywhere near picking him. He's maybe a bye week option in a really deep league, and you're just left with not a lot of options. But outside of that, and I, I think this isn't a Hall of Fame quarterback throwing to your offense. No disrespect to Baker. You know, so I do think like the fancy production across the offense is going to dip. Yeah, I totally agree. He's definitely no Tom Brady. Yeah, I would take a a fifty year old Tom Brady over Baker Mayfield. I certainly would too. So, uh, but Rashad White is locked in as the number one uh, running back or RB one on that team. So uh, is. He's probably a good value pick in the you know later rounds if you're just looking for depth. But um, if he ends up as your, your running back, you know two or you know a flex option, I think um, you kind of messed up somewhere. <laughs> uh, uh, two two people, I think two two players we should keep an eye on though while we're here. I think Chase Edmonds has opportunity to be a really good flex option, you know, just because of I think his talent alone is good enough to uh, be a decent flex option. We'll see if it plays out. Obviously, like I wouldn't bet your your farm on him being your only flex option, but I think he'll be there toward the end of a draft, and then you 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 select him and see what happens. And Sean Tucker, uh, I if he makes this team, which I think he will. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some reps. Now, does is that fancy relevant? I don't think so. But I just just to keep an eye out for him. And uh if we're if we're doing dark horse picks, I'm gonna I'm gonna just say Chase Edmonds is mine. Yeah, actually, you know, I, I will second you with that. I think Chase Edmonds does have some flex appeal. Um he's proven to be, you know, a pretty a pretty decent running back, you know, that one year, I mean, he had one solid year as like the second running back in, in um, Arizona, I think behind David Johnson. I can't remember exactly who was ahead of him, but uh, he was a pretty solid flex. And then the following year, you know, they cut that guy loose and he became the starter and he had a pretty good season. I think he got a high ankle sprain somewhere towards the middle to end of the season, but he was, you know, pretty solid running back too. Um, borderline running back one and then I know last year he was with the Dolphins I believe um, obviously they have a couple running backs there I don't think he got too much opportunity but um, 
I think he's going to get some reps here in Tampa Bay. I mean, the Bucks have nothing to lose. They have nothing to gain. So Chase Edmonds, flex mm. appeal. Right. The, and like I said, someone has to win this division. Bucks probably have the most solidified pieces out of everyone in this division. It's just a quarterback play and the fact that I don't think I've seen any of these guys play well with without Tom Brady. So, like, yeah, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, but that that was several years ago. So, let's move on to the Panthers. Honestly, for me personally, this to me is the most exciting team. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I agree like, with you. That's why we saved them for last. Yeah. <laughs> The Falcons have the deepest fantasy team uh, with, you know, the, the most fantasy, you know, relevant players. But I think the Panthers are going to have a lot of sneaky, talented guys. They're going to play a lot better this year under new head coach, Frank Reich. Mm-hmm. And I think that they are going to surprise a lot of people and – their couple of their guys are going to be on teams that win championships. Like they're going to be the late round guys who put you over the edge. Like you're going to have a, a gem, a hidden gem um, with, with some of these players here. So the with Panther, that said, the Panthers did a good, uh, the front office did a good job of putting a lot of good vets around Bryce young. Like, so we'll see if it pays off. And like I said, like, Someone has to win this division, and as long as Bryce Young goes out there and doesn't suck, they might win the division. Now, are you taking Bryce Young in a redraft? No, you're All not right. taking Bryce Young in a redraft. <laughs> okay. uh, Dynasty, of course, you're taking him, but in a redraft league, maybe you can take him as you know a late round, um, just up in the air, like, hey, I need a quarterback just in case, or. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just want to take a flyer because, hey, maybe he just surprises me. And maybe after week start, six you know. or so, he's going to get it together and be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You know what I mean? Like, I It might not be a week one thing, but maybe down the line, right? Exactly. Uh, and he doesn't, yeah. have, he doesn't have much competition. Andy Dalton's, you know, the backup QB. So, um, you know, I think Bryce, Bryce Young is going to have a, a long leash. And he's going to be given the opportunity, you know, to go out there and he's going to make mistakes, but I think he's going to find it. Obviously, he's the number one pick overall for a reason. Um, so I think, you know, he, he's more than capable to provide that skill skill set that these, you know, other guys need to be successful in, in yeah. fantasy. And we're still really early in training camp, but he's been basically named the starter. So it's his job to lose. And they actually have a pretty decent offensive line, which brings mm. me to my next point here. Miles Sanders has a chip on his shoulder. He he never got it going in Philadelphia. He he yeah he he was never he was never uh, respected. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it. I don't think he was respected in Philadelphia, and now he comes over here to uh, Carolina, and he you know gets the big contract, and I think he because. He wasn't overutilized in in Philadelphia. I still think he has a lot of miles on the wheels, and I think he's going to have a breakout season. No, I I agree. He's right now. Hot take. I'm going to do hot take right now. All right, go for it. Miles Sanders is going to be a top ten running back this season. Ooh, I like that. 
I do think he's going to have to be because I don't think they're going to want to put the ball in Bryce Young's hands as often as we might think they will. So I don't, I don't hate that at all, dude, but I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. No, I'm not, I'm not going to say that on my end, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but I like it, but I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to say that right, right, right now. He's around ADP 64. I think that's a really good value to get him. If you could get a starting running back, in round six or seven or so, uh, you got to entertain it. And okay, here you, here's a question for you. Okay, let's say you're in uh, middle of round six, and you got Mike Evans, Miles Sanders, and Kyle Pitts all on the board. Miles Sanders. Yeah. All right. That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> like most likely at that point, knowing me and you, we've already took we've already taken four running backs already, but that's <laughs> the Hey, you can always trade him when he yeah. you know, when he blows up or you can trade another running back. Yeah. Uh, your 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 energy right now reminded me of uh the there's a there's a video of Michael Jordan when he was with the Wizards mm-hmm. and he's talking to the referee, telling him like, hey, like, you know, he he failed, right? And the referee says, I didn't see it, Michael. I only saw one hand. And then he goes up to him and says, but I'll believe you. <laughs> and that's how you made me feel right now. Yeah. He said, like, I don't see it, but I'll believe you. <laughs> but uh, I jotted it down, Miles Sanders at the end of the year, top, top 10. He's going to be in the top 10. That's right. my... That's my prediction. I, I respect it. Uh, do you think Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Terrence Marshall Jr., any of these guys you're you're eyeing? I'm actually eyeing the rookie, Jonathan Mingo. Oh, okay. I think he's a solid. They're gonna have to throw the ball to somebody, right? And I think he's gonna emerge as the you know the go to guy. Um, Adam Thielen, I think is still, you know, he's still got some, some gas left in the tank. Um, obviously DJ Chark is no scrub either. So, um, I mean, those guys are going to get theirs, but I think Jonathan Mingo is going to, he's going to break out and, and, you know, get ahead of those guys. And he's going to be a solid, you know, wide receiver two, low end wide receiver two, um, wide receiver three. Do you think Chenault is going to be relevant at all? No. <laughs> All right. I, 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 I was just, I was like, I was looking at him on a depth chart right now. I was like, coming out of college, he had all the talent in the world to be fantasy relevant and just, it just hasn't happened yet. So I was wondering, well, maybe, but like, yeah. I, I think, I think Thielen's going to come out to be a really good possession receiver, but yeah. Uh, how do you feel about Hayden Hurst? I was just about to say, a sneaky, again, with high ceiling, probably a decent floor. Hayden Hurst has talent. You know, we saw that in Cincinnati. And obviously Bryce Young is not going to come in. You know, he's no Joe, Joe Burrow. But I think Hayden Hurst is going to be that safety blanket for Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. And he's going to get a sneaky, you know, 12 to 15 points a game. My... I'm gonna th- I'm gonna say this. My strategy it's not it hasn't been like on purpose, but for the last couple seasons, I would take I would punt on tight end, take who I think could 
you know, blow up. But then I always picked Hayden Hurst to be my floor. You know, so I would, I would get the tight end that I thought might be good. And then I'd pick Hayden Hurst to be my floor. And by the end of the season, Hayden Hurst was always my tight end one. Because he's just consistent. And he's, like you said, he's talented. And I think he's a perfect tight end for Bryce Young. Um, so, yeah. That's how I feel about Hayden Hurst. Like, yeah, am I looking to draft him? No, but if you need a tight end with a decent floor, I I don't think Hayden Hurst is a bad option at all. Yeah, if you punt on the tight, you know, if you punt on those top, you know, five tight ends, and you're you know waiting to round, you know, seven, eight, nine to draft a tight end, he wouldn't be a bad one to draft. No, not at all. Outside of that, that's pretty much it for this division, right? So in our, you know, pre-show meeting, Brian and I were, you know, pulling out some stats and talking about some players. And uh, so far out of all the episodes we've had, this division has just been like the hardest to find something nice or something good to say, mm-hmm. you know, other than like Bijan Robinson, obviously, you know, he's a rookie. He's got all that hype. We're excited to see him play, but it was just hard to like be very enthusiastic about we, this division. We, we, we were going down the ADP list, and I would be like, "All right, you know, there's Robinson. All right, there's Olave, and then, uh, and then like he just scroll, and I'm like, "Oh wait, there's London, and then the squirrel, and it's like it, then it was like Godwin would be the. It's like it's one thing for an entire team to not be draft relevant. It's really, it's really interesting for a division to almost not be draft relevant. <laughs> so like, it, it was fun. Yeah. Cause there's only two, there's only two players in the top 20 in this division. There's NFL teams who have multiple players in the top 20. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, there's looking, just looking at the ADP right now, you got, at least like three, you know, three players. Yeah, Miami with two but, players in the top twenty. Like Miami alone has two players. I'm yeah. talking about the whole division. Right. Yeah. You know, Miami has two. Kansas City has two. Mm-hmm. And if you want to throw in those quarterbacks who you are obvious, they're in the top twenty-five, but you could consider them top twenty players. Mahomes, Hurts. You know, Philadelphia has two. You know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so <laughs> on that note <laughs> on that note as always <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Ask Brian, a- can you let yeah, let yeah. me ask you. Yeah. Brian, can you let the note can you let the know? <laughs> uh, Brian, can you let the people know where they can find us on social media? I would love to. It is at OT Fantasy F Ball. I don't know if it's Twitter. I don't know if it's called X now, but it's if you go on that app, we're at OT Fantasy F Ball. Yeah, check us out. As always, I'm Steven. With me is Brian. We did our best today to bring you the NFC South. We're not fortune tellers, but we're fortunate enough to bring you the NFC South. We'll see you on the next one.